0: Test, test, okay, we should have sound now. All right. Okay. Hope everybody comes back in. I need to invite that guy, what's his name? Rocky?
1: Okay. Test. Test. Hello. Yay, it's sliding up this time. All right. Test. All right. Okay. Well, finally, we're now live. I'm just waiting for everybody. Get some music going. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Background music.
0: I'm back. Hey, how's it going there, Rocky? Rocky, raccoon 6 I got the sound working, right? Yes. You can hear me, right? You can hear my microphone, right? I have my microphone working now. So wait, 5 out of 5. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You know how much difficulty this is? I had to download a Nox player just to get it working on the PC. And Nox player is like an app that runs all the Android and Apple apps on your PC. Pretty insane. But it works, so that's good. Let me see. Uh, Do you be as a speaker let me see if i can find you there how you doing dan hey there you are yeah doing good man doing good just so busy just glad to get this darn thing working finally
2: yeah i don't know uh you know this is the first time i've been able to catch your show and i don't know you know sometimes they do updates on you automatically over your system you know and you know, sometimes they blank me out, and I have to download an app that I have stored just so I can use my phone because they got a, a thing on, uh, uh, uh Galaxy uh, Twenty Three Elite, and oh, it doesn't take got. the it doesn't take the new ones, <laughs> it doesn't take yeah. the new apps, so I have to keep downloading the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, man. This is just they
0: just keep. Coming out with new updates like every month or something like that. So I'm just trying to deal with what they have and go yeah. with the flow. But yeah, finally I can uh, get all this. Yeah, it's awesome that you're a good speaker. So where are you located?
2: I'm in Montana.
0: Montana, nice. What's the weather like
2: there? Well, it's pretty nice this, this year. Last year this time it was like in the high 15, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this year it's in oh the, the day Last yeah. year was brutal but this year oh, is man. I don't know maybe we're going to get slapped and go all the way to April this year with cold weather I don't know
0: yeah we just got hit with a bunch of rain here in uh, Elk Grove near Sacramento
2: we already and had our just... first snow this year but it oh, didn't no. last but about three days before it burned off yeah
0: yeah It was was like yesterday. I was out there in uh, Truckee doing the whole skiing thing with my wife and my kid, and uh, the snow was pretty much gone everywhere.
2: Yeah. Last year, Truckee got hammered.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Truckee got really bad. Yeah, I was driving through to Reno, and uh, there was a huge storm. We got caught in it, and everybody – I have a four-wheel drive truck, so no big deal. But everybody else was just having trouble. And then I went through Reno, and I was like, there's no way I can get back. It got caved in, you know, by all that snow. So I went all the way around to South Lake Tahoe, came out that area, took Highway 50 back, but, oh, I got hit by the storm again.
2: Oh, man. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, they had had areas last year, they had 60 feet of snow in the mountains. It's like, holy shit, I can't imagine that kind of snow. Yellowstone much. down it's here not too far away from it. It'll get 20 foot in the passes over the Beartooth Highway and the Highway to the Sun. And they, they'll spend all spring trying to shovel it out so they can get cars in there. Uh,
0: what about the salt? Are they layering the area with salt?
2: Well, a friend of mine on their side of the state said they've been Kim's trailing his area for the last three days and now they've got a prediction of snow in the next couple days so <laughs> uh, coincidence huh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, I, I know Truckee's being hit today uh, with 30, 30 degree or 28 degree weather and uh, about 2 feet of snow and then Wednesday is supposed to snow again uh, where they're going to go down to 22 degrees so it'll probably yeah. stick
2: I'm trying to get snow anyway. They're, yeah, They're kind of like anywhere in the mountains. You're going to get snow during the wintertime. It's just a matter of when they push it on you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do a lot of fake snow <laughs> this last weekend. We were skiing and there was like really no snow anywhere except for on the ski area. So they were definitely yeah. pushing that fake.
2: Yeah, I've been around a Pretty few of those ski resorts in the, on the east side and down in Colorado where they they went out there and turned on the snow machines the night before or the day before and next thing you know they got snow on there and everything else is green around them <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's pretty much what it was like yeah 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 it was nice though was A beautiful area I do I do like the uh, the Truckee area a lot yeah it's very I've never
2: been to the Truckee area. area before I've only been to Colorado or California one time uh,
0: we gotta come back out it's uh, great weather this last year actually we had a very very long spring and summer wasn't very long now we had fall and now we're back in the winter yeah but yeah the summer wasn't that bad at all like the year before we were at I think 118 degree weather for two days but now we went down to 113 this year
2: well that wasn't too bad not this summer but last summer and the summer before that we were hotter than Death Valley for almost a month oh my gosh this is called the High Plains Desert out here it's the High Plains but we only get 14 inches of rain a year as an average and this year we got like 600 times more rain than we and precipitation than we ever get here oh man yeah,
1: that's crazy crazy's crazy it's, it's drier
2: crap here we only get like 10 percent humidity most of the year
0: hmm. they can do anything about that or are they just gonna what the you know the government they have these ways of making rain
2: oh yeah they they, they did that this year they 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 uh, hammered us with rain and we had some pretty torrential crap and we had hailstorms and all kinds of crap on us this year. Then we had a snowfall, but it's not been anything since then. It's just been a typical fall for the Midwest that I'm up here in the Northern Plains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, normally we're, we're we're already into the thirties now, you know, as a mainstay, but this year our deer season here is like super nice. Last year we were trudging around in a foot of snow, all of October and November, all the way to almost April, we had snow on the ground. And I hadn't seen that since I've been here, I've been here 27 years and I hadn't seen it that long before, usually from late November to February, but this last year we got hit hard and it stayed, we had dead geese laying everywhere. The geese were flying in. They didn't leave, and they basically starved to death because they couldn't get down to the to the grass. The river stayed open because the river doesn't freeze here, but they just couldn't get out and find food. Oh
0: man, what about uh, the deer? Is it good, good hunting?
2: Well, the hunting's good here anyway. You just have to find the places where they're at. You know, like everywhere else. You know, but you have to understand Montana only has a million, uh, million point one people in it. We have more cows leaving in the wintertime. We have people staying. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. But they, you know, I, I came from New Orleans and in New Orleans, we would, I've traveled all the way up. I don't think I hit Montana, but we did hit Arkansas, Alabama, New Mexico. I thought New Mexico was low on population because there was like nothing but desert of uh, land and farms everywhere.
2: See, here we're the fourth largest state in size, but we're the fourth smallest state by population. Wyoming is uh, the the least populated. It's got less than a million people in it. It's got like 800,000. No, it's a pretty good state, but you know it's it's wide open too. I mean, it's 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 an unbearable place in the summertime if you're out there trying to go camping, you know. And uh, I went out there a couple times and drove across the state there, and and it's like it's it's like going through Arizona, but it's like that all the time. (laughs) You know, <laughs> towns are far and few in between and, and, uh, you know, back when I went through there, there was a lot of, uh, oil well, uh, activity going on and there are hardly anybody out there, you know, they just there's not a whole lot unless you get on the interstate, then you see more traffic, but now you get down around Cheyenne or, or one of those big towns down in the Southern part, and Falls, tons of big. people, huh? Great Falls? No, Great Falls is in Montana.
0: Yeah, is it small or large? Yeah,
2: Billings, Montana is the largest. It's got over 100,000 people in it. It's like a hundred, about 150,000 people in it now. It's the largest and, and all the others are small. They're under 100,000 people. Even in Mon- <laughs> uh, uh, Helena... It's a small town in comparison to Billings. And so is Great Falls and Missoula and, and, and uh, um, uh, gosh, I can't think of all the names of them, but those are the three biggest towns, but they're not really that big. The only reason yeah. why you have a traffic jam is on the counter and scrunched up in a small spot, you know, they're all nestled like around Perry. hills and shit.
0: Yeah, Terry looks pretty busy actually. Central Terry and uh, the West End area. Looking at Montana, Montana right now actually. Ironwood is smaller.
2: Yeah, Missoula is over there in between the uh, the mountains there in a big valley, and it's kind of a small area when you look at it on Google Earth. It's it's not really that big. Yeah.
0: Oh wow! There's actually some really nice areas there. It looks like, and the prices for houses are pretty cheap.
2: Well, yeah, you know, from what you're seeing in your state, yeah, they are cheap. But you look at from our state, it's like holy crap! I mean, it not too expensive. long ago, an acre of ground cost two thousand dollars. Now it's like ten thousand dollars. You know?
0: Oh, here you go. Point two three acre lot, ninety two thousand dollars. My goodness, that's actually pretty pricey.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I was buying a house in um, West Virginia, and I was I found one for sixty-two thousand, and I found another one for ninety-two thousand. But the sixty-two thousand one, the foundation was all messed up and it was cracked. Definitely yeah. has some structural issues. But the ninety-two thousand was pretty nice. It wasn't wasn't that bad. And it had a uh, three stories. It had a you know basement area, the upper area, of the kitchen, and then the second story.
2: It was like. Um,
0: it was a uh, twelve
2: thousand in Texas. yeah that that again you know in Virginia area or anywhere along the, that central southern area of, of the East Coast yeah, you can find a lot of of cheap homes there cheaply priced homes I'll say mm. but out here you don't have the utility expanse like you think you, there is here it, here in Montana, the rule of thumb is if you ain't got water on the property, the the, the ground is almost useless because it depends on the rain. And, and to drill some places, you drill down 400, 500 foot to get a well. You're going through bedrock to get to a damn uh, artesian uh, pocket or a thermal pocket. And, you know, it's oh. that's pretty damn pricey at $90 a foot. You know,
1: (laughs) yeah.
0: Is there any underground streams or water?
2: Well, there is, but see, we're in the mountain. This is where the mountains start at, where I'm at, and you go down about oh, a hundred foot, you're in dead bedrock, and you got to drill through that to get to the aquifers underneath it, and some of the underground rivers. Now, some people have gotten into them. Sometimes the water ain't that great. It's got too much iron or too much calcium in it or too much of this and that. And then, you know, you had to put in a ton of money to, to get pure water again, you know, put in filtration systems or reverse osmosis just because of water just is not potable. And then you get other places where they hit an aquifer of 82 degree water. Hell, they're heating the floors in the house with it. And hey, they're,
0: springs.
2: Yeah, they're, they're running pressurized water from the ground. They don't have to put a pump on it. You know, you don't have to put a pump on some of these wells. They constantly put out water and they just kind of like filter it into a, a ditch that runs down to a stream or out into a field or something. And uh, it constantly just gushes out of the water at 80 pounds per square inch on a four inch pipe. Yeah. Uh,
0: oh yeah she's four inches i too. worked
2: on some of those and <laughs> you take that down to three quarter inch to feed a house and you have to put in a kicker to to, to stop the pressure down you get that pressure down before you blow your a regulator your three quarter yeah regulator, regulator to keep them blowing out your your dig on uh, pipes and a lot of those houses that had that running in them they strictly went to copper pipe because you can't can't maintain it with pvc you know there's too much problems with it and i've seen houses out here that built in the 20s and 30s and some before that they're heated the house with water 82 degree water they ran copper pipes around in the floors and it hit the house up then there's other places where they wanted to use a boiler because they didn't have hot water, but they had a good spring or a good aquifer, and they they'd run it through a boiler and you'd go with they go and, uh, um, uh, oh gosh, I can't think of the name. You a steam boiler, or you're talking about yeah, the steam boiler, school, school steam boilers. boilers?
0: Okay, steam boilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those are amazing. Uh, yeah, they, those they are, are through a, a small pumping station on the backside there. A double pipe no. system. PSI is not regulated, though.
2: No, you have to really watch it because you can blow the Dagon uh, mm-hmm. boiler up or you can blow the, the your, uh, uh, I can't think of the name of them damn things. They stand up. They're about two foot the tall. Tanks. <laughs> Those, the I can't think. tanks,
0: right? Huh? The water tanks?
2: No, not water. I'm talking about once it goes into the house. Oh, you okay. Got, yeah. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I can't be the name of them. Ah, but they stand up along the wall, you know, about two foot. It heats the room up. Uh, gosh, so I can't a, think that. Not about. the hot water heater. But it's not a hot water heater. It, it's It's what the water is filtering through and releasing <laughs> the heat into the room. And then the pipe goes back down into another room or back down to the boiler, depending on how big it is, oh, to regulate yeah, the temperature. Um, oh, gosh, I can't think of the name of it. I want to say register, yeah. but that's not it. It's, it's, uh, no, it's not something you've seen in that the old buildings long ago.
0: Yeah, I I just did uh, inspection on a house. I was doing the same thing. What you yeah. do is uh, the water will circulate through to a certain extent and it just heats up certain areas uh, Yeah, when it goes through a certain, you know. And yeah, then, it, go, uh, it goes and it through so many of it. Re- water.
2: Yeah, then it returns back to the boiler Mm-hmm. By another thing with some valves on it that regulates it back into the into the, the boiler so it can be turned out into the other areas. So the water is always cycling through these things. It might be two or three of them depending on the size. Depending on the size of the boiler too. I mean, I've seen some of these boilers. That was, you know, they were six, seven foot long and about four foot high. And they were gas fired because we have a lot of natural gas here. And those were from the twenties, thirties, and forty houses, old farmhouses and stuff, and some big ranches.
0: Oh yeah, you know what they're doing now with those ranches? Uh, they're digging big, giant ditches that go down roughly twenty-five, thirty feet, and then they run the PEX plumbing along the stretch of that uh, the area. Usually, it's like uh, fifty by forty or fifty by twenty, and then they'll run the PV uh, the uh, eight uh, PEX was polyethylene. Yeah. Run the cable around a certain distance, like uh, and pearl it, and then they'll put back dirt all over it. And what happens is that dirt keeps it warm, so the water will yeah. circulate through the dirt, come back, and it yeah, she's using and it's using
2: thermodynamics in it. The, the, the ground the at that, that depth stays about 65 to 70 degrees, mm-hmm. and it circulates yep. the water. It uses a, a pressure valve on it to keep the water circulating.
0: Yeah, those, <laughs> I've since in Montana. Well, you use a wrap-on pipe heating cables.
2: Here you have to go down deeper. You have to go down below the eight-foot line to get the, uh, a, a good dirt temperature. And like I say, a lot of places where they had these old wells put in, and, and some of those houses, they've taken out and put brand-new houses up, and they're pumping that water into the floor through the, through the uh, uh, plex. Piping in the oh, floors think, and heating yeah. the houses. And they got regulators and and they got manifolds running into the pipes and stuff. It's pretty cool the way it does it. I mean, you know, it's, it's it's very economical once you get it. You know, especially if you already have that well on the property. Some of those wells go down almost 800 feet. And they were built. Oh, yeah. Or that, that they were dug on beet farms at the time, sugar beet farms. And they were using them not only just to run the houses, but also to irrigate the land with during the summertime, because they could raise the temperature of the ground by putting the warm water out there, and it would start the germination quicker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it has oh, yeah, to be at least 72 degrees. In. Well, it has to be at least 72 degrees to germinate the Dagon uh, uh, beet seeds, or almost any seed.
0: Yeah, so but it was
2: a proper margin for him and they made out like fat rats on it.
0: Oh. Some areas. Uh, so there's some piping methods that people are using out there in Montana. One of them is going to be, um, it's like a, a coil that goes around the pipes, the copper piping. You yeah. plug it into the wall and what it does is it electrifies it and gives it heat to the pipes. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. We don't even use that out here. but That seems pretty cool.
2: I know guys who have gas wells on their, you know, shell came out and said, we want to put a gas well in here. We got good ground, we'll pay you for it. And a few of the farmers, they were pretty smart. They weren't just dumb dirt farmers. They said, okay, well, if you do that, uh, put me a spigot on that bad boy so I can eat my house. <laughs> And they end up heating all their outbuildings and stuff with it, too. You know, they got gas running to them and space heaters or furnaces in some of the barns. Then they were running it and getting paid for the for the, the gas rights. You know, they made out like bat rats. I worked on a couple of those houses where they piped the it in. And they were using uh, gas fireplaces and gas heaters and stuff in their running up for nothing <laughs>
0: yeah that's the way to do it man <laughs> run your you water heater
2: all that you know right off the gas well out in the backyard <laughs>
1: <laughs> hmm.
2: so there's also guys, the guys here have solar panels all over their places and oh, yeah. and uh some of the bad parts about that is you know yeah you got solar panel that's great yeah but every now and then you gotta get up there with the hose and wash them off because of all the silt that gets on them from all the the uh dirt turning and the wind We get torrential winds here sometimes they'll blow that stuff on there and literally cover up the the panels and they'll be putting out 50 (laughs) percent
0: yeah yeah actually we do do solar panels as well uh just got licensed uh, two years ago to sell solar panels and do construction on solar panels and stole and, uh, repair and clean all stuff. But yeah, that you're right. Now there's, um, a thing that I did is I actually add these, uh, micro inverters onto solar panels. And what this does is allows me to, to give my clients an app and that you can see exactly what they're pushing. So you'll know when they're dirty. Yeah. It's a very, uh, I work for solar
2: panels. I work for solar panels, uh, Several years ago, I've I've been out of the construction trade for a while because my injuries and stuff I had in the military, but I worked for solar panels and I worked for a lot of electrical stuff. I I, I started out on range control, uh, building targets and ranges and stuff with a group of civilians who were contract, you know, they, they were GSs. We done all kinds yeah. of crap we even experimented on stuff like solar panels. And one of the things was we would, we could take the solar panels and, and put like, well, we were using uh, two foot by four foot solar panels and we put in a 36 battery bank into a, a bunker and run it on solar panels and, and, uh, Running entire range with it, yeah. <laughs> all the targets yeah, were battery operated from the main house.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. What, what do you shoot when you normally go out there? Where to the range?
2: When you use oh, that—that was when I was in the military back in the '90s. I, I was in for 22 years, but I spent the last five years before I retired. I was working for range control as an electrician. Uh we had helicopter ranges and tank ranges, all kinds of ranges, small arms, demo ranges, all that crap. And all okay. of our targets had sensors on them. I had to learn how to use, and repair all the sensors and everything. Anything and everything went wrong with target. After about two months, I knew exactly what I had to do to them. You know, from changing the day, going the riser motor to changing out the electronic components or the manual components to it. But they were, you know, a lot of them were, were, you know, we had, I think about there's 8,000 man targets. You shoot with rifles and machine guns. And then we had, uh, about 200 aerial and tank targets. And some of them ran on rails. They were electron electric. We had electric range targets that ran on rails, that would run a couple hundred yards, and the tankers would have to key in them or the helicopters, depending on who was using range. And this thing would pop up a tank target, you know, a full size tank target, and run oh. down a small gauge rail, <laughs> and oh, they had goodness. to hit it. <laughs> Sometimes wow, they hit the. Difficult. Well, sometimes they hit the target, sometimes they were just a little bit short, and they hit the mechanism and destroyed it. <laughs> We'd have to get it picked up with a crane, set it on a tar- or on a truck, take it back, fix it, send it back out. <laughs>
0: wow, man. Well, thank you so much yeah. for your service. Really appreciate
2: it. Thanks for paying your taxes. It makes it all worthwhile.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's not an easy feat. My brother's actually was in the military for six years. He did the uh, National Guard, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I was but, in the 82nd for uh, 18 years out of North Carolina, 82nd Airborne. I was in infantry for the first four years, and the rest of the time I spent as a medic. So I got injured in Desert Storm, and then I bummed around getting positioned in different areas around Fort Bragg from, you know, because I couldn't wear the gear anymore. then I ended up with range control to a guy I knew when I'm back in the infantry, he was working at range control. I said, Hey, we need some guys over here. And I was taking electrical course at the time. And I, I picked up on the job and I, I could have kept it, but I didn't want to stay in North Carolina. So I moved out here to Montana and, and, uh, First couple years, I just kind of wandered around different jobs until I decided to just take everything I knew and go into uh, general contracting.
0: I did building
2: inspections too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not easy, right?
2: That's not easy. And sometimes it's frightful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we've been a lot of people inside the houses lately, a lot of homeless. Some of them had guns. I think one guy had a knife, but um, I was able to, I just, you know, I knock now and then I'll, you know, tell them who I am and if there's anyone in here, please leave, that kind of thing. And then one guy, I I went to a house and there was um, a guy and this girl and they were in the same bedroom (laughs) and then I told them they didn't go, you know, so I left the the building and then he comes out with a knife, but I'm already in my truck. I'm like looking at him, like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Crazy I didn't have but, that
2: problem. Yeah. We, we don't have vagrants here. This is a really, really small town. You know, During school years, or during the school year, we might have 3,600 people. And there's very little vagrancy here, but every now and then, somebody would want to buy a, a property up. Like, we got some sun Wards here that buy up properties and I knew them, and, and they would say, Hey, I need to go and do a building inspection for me. And then I would submit him the building inspection, and then they would send out a building inspector from Billings or wherever, Sheridan, Wyoming, anywhere close by. And then they would compare the damn inspections. And some of the guys said, Man, you must have spent a week in there. No, spent a day mm-hmm. and a half in there, you know. I was looking for anything and everything that might cause a problem. You know, oh, yeah. bad floor joists, uh, old brass uh, drain lines that are almost on their last leg, you know. Oh, yeah. I walked it, walk but all the way around it, it, over top and under them.
0: So you do check the uh, plumbing? Oh, yeah. System.
2: Yeah. I worked for a plumber when I first got here. Yeah, he was a, he was a, the big time plumber here in town and he'd been plumbing shit since the, since the fifties. He helped put a lot of the water lines in here and he knew his town backwards and forwards. And I seen some weird crap that's still in some of these houses, like toilets with a tube coming at the back of the Nagon commode to the tank up about six inches from the ceiling. Huh, yeah, ancient ones. They were trying to do a plumbing
0: <laughs> pipe there or something
2: for air. What are you talking about? What
0: were they trying to do with that?
2: Okay, the tank was mounted on the wall, oh, and it drained that. down <laughs> to the toilet to flush it. And using a couple times I had to go air. in and re- so a couple times I had to go in and replace that pipe, which is made out of brass. And we'd have to oh. order it from Billings. We have a, a pipe that are in buildings that that's all they do is make pipe and sell pipe and stuff we say hey we need this here blah 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 they'd make it call us up we go up and get it go back and stick it in and it, it's a pain in the butt doing tanks like that but uh, you know those those were the old time tanks I mean the first time I seen one was oh, what the heck did I get into here you know and, uh,
0: sounds old school
2: yeah i mean it, it was something i'd never seen before even in museums i would never seen this stuff before and oh. it's like you know you get sinks that got two faucets a hot faucet and a cold faucet on each side of the sink you know we're talking back in the 30s
0: <laughs> yeah when they had two separate setups yeah yeah
2: yeah you know i see a lot of that stuff here and, and it's like yeah okay and and you get somebody that's going to buy a house for rental, or somebody wants to buy the house to live in, and you go in there and you you run the inspection and stuff, and you point out the fact that it's got out of date plumbing in it, and then you you annotate two separate faucets in the bathroom sink, um, you know, the them su- sink has to come out, and the faucet has you know as. A, Modern sink and faucet setup has to be put in, which isn't really a big deal. And sometimes I would snag those jobs on the side, too, that they say, well, you know, you know what you're doing, go ahead and and redo this for us now. And (laughs) sometimes, yeah, I mean, they they would buy the house. Yeah, fine. Okay. And they go ahead and make the purchase. And then I end up remodeling the entire damn house.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. That's a big job. And it sounds like something you can just... Is. What, what do you charge? You charge about eight grand? Well, we charge eight grand out here to do a, a minimal uh, half pipe replacement. So you're probably charging a little bit less. But yeah, I know that's a tough job.
2: Well, I, I charge them for the material, depending on what it was. And, and in some of these houses, like my house has brass drain lines in it. It was built in 1952. And I've redone a lot of the stuff in the house, remodeling it. And I haven't messed with the drain line because my drain line goes out the house, under my driveway, under my freaking garage. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't messing with that thing until it goes bad, you know? Mm. Because I'll have to go around (laughs) the garage. i have to dig up half my day on driveway to get it kick around the garage and go out there and circle back around to the... To the day uh, sewer line and that's yeah, that's stuff that, that they didn't think about when he built the houses and stuff around here and just yeah we'll put a garage in there sometime and or they don't even think about it and one day they decide they want to put a garage and they put it right over top of the Dagon uh, drain line you know and yeah. it, that happens around here but yeah at
0: least you have yeah you have guests though right
2: yeah and I've done a few replacements like that and it's like, no big deal. Here's what we'll do. And, uh, you know, you, you just deal with it. And I yeah. used to tell people, when we, I never advertised it. It was all by word of mouth. But when I would get a phone call from somebody said, so-and-so said you worked on so-and-so's house. And I want you to come over here and talk to me about mine. And I would go over there and I'd say, you know. Okay, what do you want? We sit down and do their, our dickering over it, and find out what they're wanting, and try to come up with a with a plan. And then they would look at me and say, "Well, are you sure you can do this?" And I would just look at them and say, "My job is to make your dream come true," and I'd make it come true for them. <laughs> and a lot of times, it 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 cost me a little bit, but. You know, I, I give them a bid. I didn't go, we're over budget. Because I always planned for for a little bit of an over budget, but I didn't want to break their bank. And I worked with them. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't hurting for the money. I didn't have to worry about having to make gigantic overheads that I couldn't attain. And, you know, I was working seven days a week most of the year. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, we, we do a lot of those older houses here too. I mean, the oldest I think I inspected was 1878. And that was a limestone rock foundation. Uh, old school. Yeah, no, oh. no C bin. It was just the limestones and rock. Uh, that was a toughie because uh, you know, the other piping was bad.
2: I had a 1907 house. It's- planted over here in town somebody drug it in from who knows where and i had i was doing it for one of the landlords and man it was a freaking nightmare the way they put it together and i had to i had to do a kitchen remodel bathroom remodel uh, had to repair a bunch of stuff in the house like some windows didn't didn't open and close and the doors were out of out of whack and uh I got in there one day and I was taking out some stuff. I pulled up this this thing on the uh, I pulled up the subfloor, which was nothing yeah. more than quarter inch. Pulled that up and somebody had carved the date in the floorboard underneath it. It had the it had uh, uh, diagonal uh, one huh. by twelves running the, the oh. entire length of the house and then somebody slapped over the Quarter inch plywood when they put the carpet in. And I ripped out the carpet, pulled up to that because it was all screwed up anyway. Now seen this with somebody had chiseled in the date. <laughs> it's like, oh, this has been around a while. And then the that guy told me I like was brought in here in 1920 from a homestead. And oh. it was, it, it's still in great condition, but you know, the stuff I had to work around because I was finding in the basement. Where they ran the original wiring was on two insulator wiring job. You know, neutrals on a set of insulators and the hot was on it, a set of insulators and it ran all underneath the house. I was like, holy crap. I pulled all that crap wow. out. I've still got the insulators coming good for a lot of other things. But, wow. uh, you know, that sounds a yeah. job. Now you get into some really neat stuff. I found an old shotgun in a house I tore down. It was buried in a wall. It was from the. Yep. <laughs> it was from the 1870s. It was a Sharps, double barrel, 12 gauge, brass shelled, double trigger, double mule ear. And it Not was it, the the wood was was destroyed on it, and it was pretty rusty. I got it hanging on the wall. But it's, it's from the 1870s. I looked it up and traced it down. And uh, I had to compare pictures with the shotgun until I found the right one. And it was one that is Damascus barrels. It had all kinds of engraving and stuff on it, but some of it's kind of hard to see now because of rust. Oh, yeah. But it's, a, it's a relic from the past.
0: Welcome, Stephanie. We're just going over some uh, home inspections and uh, code inspections basically of the past. Yeah, you know, we did one in Auburn, California. Auburn's very old. I mean, it was in the gold stage um, of California. It was built way back then. So we had um, a lot of older houses there and farms. I did an inspection out there and we found four boxes of AK-47 bullets. Yep. Uh, me and the, um, the real estate agent. And the agent didn't even know who owned the house anymore because it's been on a trust for so long. And then the trust ran out and the bank took ownership. So he asked me if I wanted it. I mean, I don't don't even (laughs) know an AK-47. I own an AR-15, but yeah, yeah. so I just, uh, I took a few boxes and then I just sold it, you know. But yeah, I mean, you do find shotguns. I found some, a lot of weapons. And the problem in California is if we do find a weapon, I found like two really nice shotguns. I actually have to call the police.
2: Well, yeah, on that you do yeah. because that's a modern firearm. But see, yeah. this is an antique firearm. This is this is this is something that just kind of came away from muzzleloader time. <laughs> yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, and then there's drugs, of course, in the attic space oh, yeah. sometimes,
2: boxes and so forth. I I I took a a, a trader apart. I was redoing the trailer over here on a Section 8 trailer court. and They had a hole in the wall. So, well, crap, I got to patch the hole up. And I got the feeling it. And they had papered over a big crack in the wall. So I ripped it out. I found about 50 damn needles in there, 50 syringes oh. in the wall.
0: My goodness,
2: that's <laughs> like they were using it as a needle destroyer, just tossing it in the wall, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, these. People and they're selling the houses, or maybe they're renters. You know, they just leave a lot of stuff behind. Yeah. Well, let me get into the show here. Uh, thank you so much. I, I, you know, we have you down as Rocky Raccoon, so thank you so much yep. for sharing today. Um, I'm gonna go over some of the the new smart things we're going over the the new houses that are going on. And I did find a lot of places uh, houses in your area as well that are for sale uh, in Montana, and there's some in Billings as well that I noticed. Um, that we're older, and then there's some newer houses just got built. So I'm going to yeah. go ahead and take you off the um, okay, the chat here. But thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having, it's having today, me. Uh, oh, you're very welcome. Anytime. Anytime, I'll have you back. You okay. Okay, so let's go over um, some of the new houses. Like I was telling Rocky Raccoon, some of the new houses in his area are selling for about $454,000. Um, it's just so many older homes are, I think, nicer and a great upgrade for an older home will really help you because these newer homes being built i mean doing i'm doing so many inspections and i'm finding so many issues uh and it's just the builders are either not having the funds to put in the proper uh material like windows or using um i don't know if you're familiar with windows but there's um there's a Terek which is what manufactured double pane windows and then we of course we use uh, medfords which are a lot better and we're putting those in california now almost every house actually and then we'll have um, dishwashers and stoves and stuff they're putting in these new houses they're just not efficient they're using very cheap appliances and these cheap appliances are causing a lot of issues so i think these older homes are way better and you get land you get a lot of land with these older houses uh, but with the newer houses I am seeing a lot of new things called a smart home if you're not familiar with the smart home what it is is it's a um, it's a home that will tell you anything is wrong with it that includes the roof the solar it gives you detailed information on a screen that are attached to a wall and now these inspections are a lot more difficult because If you go when you're going to buy a new home and you see a smart home if someone tells you it's a smart home what your issues are going to be are very very common ones at least Um, is the devices that they're using are not properly attached or they're incorrectly installed to the window systems at the doors so if someone was to enter your house and you didn't know about it you know there's a big lawsuit but it's scary because this could you know be a break-in or a burglary and you won't even know about it because your system didn't warn you. Good news is they are using pressure plated ground system. So the floor does have a pressure plate. So if someone was in your house and you're not home and you have it armed and the door opened or whatever, it will alarm you that someone is walking around. It'll show you the exact location that they're in as well. This is all on your phone or you can look at the device on the wall and you can actually take the device off the wall and walk around the house with it as well. So that's a really good feature. I don't like the fact that these houses are being built too quick. I'm finding new homes being built within six months and some people are telling me even four months. And this is something that alarms me. And I think anybody who owns a house who has built a house or lives in a house because how can you be sure a house being built in three months is properly built up to code? So I was out there doing a home inspection. The code inspector did come out, and you know, he came in and then he looked at me. And he's like, "I can't even inspect this house." And I'm like, "Why can't you inspect the house? You're doing the codes, right?" He said, like, "Yes, but the meter on the side has solar, and the meter's not connected yet. Therefore, I'm not supposed to actually be inspecting this house yet for any up-to-code things." And I don't even know if he's when he's going to be back because. So when you put in solar, the meter usually takes about two to three months. But right now, California is in a huge, yep, quality control is definitely overlooked. And uh, it puts everybody in a huge disadvantage because if he can't even inspect that house for up to code items like water and whatever, and he has to come back another day, but he's already doing three or four other homes. What if he, you know, forgets to come back to this home because he'll be coming back in a month? Or maybe he's in a different area. So this guy is very, very nice. He told me exactly what was going on. He's looking at the Folsom Homes, Sacramento Homes, and Mountain House. So he's traveling. Uh, It's definitely job security, but it's being overlooked. Now the appliances, I have found the HVAC unit in the attic, gas leak. I have found the stove, gas leak. Uh, this is already after the code inspectors come in, by the way. They don't use a gas checker or a gas uh, device like we do. Uh, I have to use an O2 sensor. I have to use a gas sensor. I have to use a gas leak detector. And the only other person that does that is going to be probably pg and So pg and will hook up the gas, uh, or turn it on basically after the tank's already been installed. And then they'll do their inspection. But I don't know how it got overlooked that I found an HVAC with a gas leak. And the people were already living in the home for three months. It was in the attic space, of course, so it wouldn't really affect them. Uh, But still, it's an overlook that should have been caught prior. And that's uh, something that I feel that these new homes are just being built too fast. Now, again, I've put in my previous podcast that even in Texas, for example, they're doing the new uh, 3D printed homes. Now, 3D printed homes, I've seen how it's done. It looks sufficient, but it's new technology. It's a computer building the foundation of a home using a cement mix and not brick. They're not using a foundation slab. These are all lifted foundations with a 3D printer that overhangs the top. If you haven't seen these, go ahead and go to YouTube. You can check them out they're pretty interesting but at the same time you can see what i mean like they build them like four to five feet tall and that's too tall normally we want to build a foundation uh especially if it's a listed house we want to go around yeah so radion isn't as big in california but it is in the bay area they don't actually the only thing that they use the rewards on is going to be uh um, for like sacramento area stockton area and poverty areas and then when you get the rewards by the way it's just basically it's a credit towards your gas bill and then they put you in a different level so there's three tiers like if you were for example making forty thousand a year for example or if you were retired um they will put you in a category where you'll be paying 40 to 60 cents less than everybody else uh, but with the Radeon, rebar. Oh yes, yes, rebar. Oh yes. So they are not using rebar in the beginning of the foundation on the Texas um, 3D printed homes. The rebar is being used on the after the first foot or two is already created. So it they have to pour in the cement. It creates a square, uh, two feet. And then it stops and then they'll put in the rebars, um, usually, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 feet rebar in. And then they'll stretch those out and they'll put in two sections and then they'll put more cement in. let the 3D printer do its job and they'll do it again. But it's not as much as they should, you know, like with a swimming pool, they put in the cement uh, lower end area and uh, after it's been dug and then they put in the rebar and then they put in the holders and then they put in more cement. They don't even do this with this. There's not enough. If you look at the YouTube video, you'll see it. It looks so unsafe. And they've only built like 1,300 homes with these 3D printers. So I don't think it's going to be a really good build in the future. But they're trying to bring it to California. I'm worried about it. I'm like, uh, oh, I don't want to deal with that. The slab foundation is pretty good. They're doing a 15 feet slab foundation. So it's a. Um, it's 40 by 50, roughly, or 120 by 75, depending on the size of the home. But right now, homes are a lot smaller. A lot size is like 5,200. Previously, in 2019, it was 7,200. So they're doing smaller lot sizes now. So you get no backyard. California has gotten a lot stricter when it comes down to laws and regulations because then to building homes, they want 15,000 homes built in one area. It's just ridiculous. Another thing is with these smart homes now that are being built, though, what's really bad is uh, the attic spaces are being insulated at the roof sheathing. So if you're going to buy a house, best thing to do is have your home inspector or get a ladder, or if you can, get a ladder and just peek inside the attic space. You don't have to go inside. Just take a look. Yes, they are. Because they're in Texas, and this is in Dallas, Texas. And, uh, you know, of course, it's away from the flooding, but yeah, they're definitely going to have that shifting, uh, quarterly shifting for sure. And, of course, seasonal shifts. Um, but yeah, so the attic space is in most all California, Texas, Wyoming, all the way through to Maine, and even uh, farther towards New York. They're starting to insulate the sheathing of the attic spaces and they're using a foam catalyst so the it's a um it's a spray on foam insulation that expands and hardens but if you have a roof leak you'll never know and there's like a little bit over one or two hundred um, lawsuits on those right now due to the fact that people are having issues with their roof so yeah that definitely These new 3D homes are going to be an issue. Definitely keep an eye on that. If you're going to be buying a 3D built home. I mean I wouldn't. Until they. Probably go in. Four or five years later. When they've actually gotten all the kinks out. Just like with anything new. Even if you buy a new TV. You know. You're going to have issues. Uh, Unless it's like Samsung brand. Panasonic brand. But like a Roku for example. I've lost multiple Rokus just because I bought the newest one for cheap at Costco and then they don't even work anymore. Well same thing with 3d you know printed homes, these smart homes I would wait a couple of years before buying anything like that and even looking at them if you're if you're living in a house right now, just be happy and comfortable because these new homes that are coming out now are just um, are just gonna be a bit trouble and smaller areas I don't know if you noticed that in your areas yet. Even Rocky Raccoon, I'm sure you've noticed that there's new homes being built, but they don't have huge lot size or huge acreage. It's just 0.23, maybe 0.10 acres instead of your normal half. You know, yeah, it's, it's insane. Even my house. I mean, I bought a 2005, hoping to have a good now, you know, a good amount of space, and we're a 7,300 um, foot lot, square foot lot, but. I don't have a big backyard, and the backyard that I do have, the guy on the other side, you know, he has this huge field that he lets grow over, and I'm afraid it's going to be a big fire back there one of these days. Other than that, it's been um, pretty pretty crazy this year when it comes down to the inspections and the amount of houses that are being built, and uh, keep, it, yeah, keep an eye out for those 3D printed homes. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely go to YouTube. It's an interesting way that they're doing it. And they are bringing in the manpower. So what they're doing is they're doing a 3D printed home, four to six feet, and then they're bringing in human beings and then they're building up on those all the way to the top. Um, Other than that, we're also gonna be going over, oh yeah, so solar. So the tier one solar panels that are coming in right now are actually from Canada into America. So if you're buying new solar at this time, I would wait because Yeah, so you have a lot of acres, but your house is a bit older. So that's, uh... Oh, man, I wish I had that much acres. (laughs) If I had that much land, my dogs can go running. Uh, I can get a tractor. I can get one of those uh, quads and just roll around the land once in a while. (laughs) Oh, no, it's on a corner. Ah, corner lots. Actually, corner lots aren't too bad. Oh, yeah, but the back, yeah, you don't have a lot of room. Darn. Sounds fun, though. Sounds like you got a good amount of land. Just corner lots can be, yeah, pretty hectic. You probably have a lot of trees back there, too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so I was thinking about Radion, though. Radion is in the Bay Area. No, not a lot of trees. That's good. Yeah, so we have Radion probably one, one quarter of California. I don't know if you know this, but California is bigger than Japan. So if you took Japan and you took California, you can even look this up online as well. I did. California is, is slightly bigger by about 100,000 acres of land from Japan. So we have a lot more land and a lot more areas, but houses aren't actually being built in the prospective areas that they should be. What's going on is... Each county has to build 800 homes for this residential Section 8. Section 8 is a housing project and a law that came into effect in the 90s in California saying that if someone makes a certain amount of income under poverty, then they only pay 20% of the rent. So if the rent is $2,000, they only pay 20%. It's amazing because if you're on Social Security... You know, if you're a retired veteran, for example, you pay a minimal amount of rent of 158 to 290 dollars a month. It's amazing. Now, 800 homes have to be built out of the any amount of homes that they build. Now, there's 15,000 acres being built where I live, and they're building like a bunch of homes, like 200 homes right down the street from me. And I, I don't like it because there's a huge field that was a farm. They tore down the farm. They must have bought him out. And then uh, and they just started tearing everything down and building all these new homes. Yeah, so Section 8 housing is, I think it's, it's, it's respectively good and it really helps a lot of people because I believe that if people didn't have Section 8, how can they afford houses in California? It's ridiculously expensive here. I mean, our taxes just went up again. We have four more taxes coming in 2024. We already have uh, 16 and a half taxes. We have the highest taxes in the whole United States. Uh, we have three gas tax, by the way. Gas is four fifty-eight here in the wintertime. And it's about six fifteen to seven twenty-five in the summer. Yes, they are starting to destroy their rentals because people from California are moving to other states. And I think it's horrible as well. If you move to another state... And you're buying houses. The housing price should still stay the same. And you should only be limited to buy one or two houses. You should not be allowed to buy like 20 houses. Just because you have money. I totally agree. It should just be one to two houses max. As a cap amount. You want to buy more houses? Go to another state. You can buy a couple more houses. And that's it. But yeah. I see a lot of people buying out these houses. Buying 20, 30 of them. Renting them all out. Capitalizing. Raising the housing price, Georgia, Nevada, um, Texas even. Gosh, Texas. I saw a house for $457,000, 6 bedroom four-bath, about six years ago. I should have bought it. Now, houses are like 700000 out there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, definitely, I enjoy owning a house. But if I buy another house, I, I think that I, I'm not going to buy a house um, in a really high amount. And I only bought one house in West Virginia, and it was $69,000. It wasn't much. So I was very happy with the price, and I won't buy another there because I'm in, I'm in a college town. That's why I bought it. Yeah, especially if you're so far away. How are you going to maintain the property? I have a management company, but when I went to go visit that house this last month, oh my gosh, it was in uh, disarray. I mean, there was water leaks. There was uh, some mold growing underneath the sink, and no one called me about it. So I had to go in and I tore it all out and fix some areas. Of the sheetrock um, garage didn't have proper uh, sheetrock. Had to put you know a bunch of stuff in there. Garage door opener broke. I guess it was uh, a pull out. They were pulling it open and closed every time, and locking it. I was like, oh my gosh, why didn't you guys call me? Yeah. You know, property management companies won't tell you anything because they don't want the bad news. They want to keep getting that money from you. So definitely, um, if you own more than one house, you know, try to do property management is it's just too difficult. So if you want to try to buy another property, buy close to the house that you live in. That way you can drive five or 10 or 20 minutes to see the house and check in on it every couple of weeks. Don't buy one in you know, really far away like I just did because now I'm having trouble. (laughs) But yeah, definitely um, enjoying life right now. Uh, It's gorgeous weather. It's 68 degrees outside every day. We did get down to about 48 degrees tonight. It's uh, cloudy with a bit of rain yesterday. Gosh, the weather's going to change. Wednesday it's going to be raining. We have so much snow coming up um in the bay or in the mountains which i'm very excited for i'm gonna take my dogs out there i don't think they've ever seen snow (laughs) but you all enjoy yourselves um i actually do have to get going it's about an hour and three minutes into this it was great having you rocky raccoon i was very happy talking with you thank you so much for sharing your insight thank you so much for serving uh, your country and um, i really hope you enjoyed out there we'll be back out again Oh, you're very welcome. I'd love to have you on the show again. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but this was recorded. Is that okay that I post this later? Oh, um, okay, perfect. Okay, I'm gonna be posting it live so everybody can you can rehear it. You know, people who missed the show. Um, and you gave some really great insight because your knowledge is perfect for what this show needs. Uh, working on pipes, general contracting. I've been. I have to do a popcorn ceiling um, for my 1978 home on Monday and uh, tomorrow, and then I have to. um, I have to find which method I'm going to use. Either I'm going to use the water method, or I'm going to have to scrape it. Um, And then I have a a whole new cabinet setup I have to do. I know, I do not like popcorn ceiling. I have to wear respirator the whole time. Um, But yeah, so. You ever worked with popcorn ceiling before basically it's uh it has asbestos in it if it was made before 1978 in california and uh it usually has little sparkles and that's so you'll know unless you know someone painted over it and then you can't see anything you have to just get it tested um but yeah i got to i i'm pretty sure it has asbestos so i'm gonna just be very very careful with it But well, thank you so much everyone thank you so much rocky raccoon i'll be posting this online You can listen to it again you can listen to yourself <laughs> Uh, it was a great conversation. So you'll, It was a really, really good podcast. And I'll be back on again this week. I have some time off, so I would love to go more into detail. We have another podcast coming up. It's called uh, uh, This is Talk 101. So this is Talk 101. We'll be going over electronics. i um, will be going over video games. We'll be going over... Uh, cars, we'll be going over pretty much everything except for politics. We do not get into politics. I don't care about that kind of stuff. So that will not be on the show ever. So we will have, uh, yes, it's definitely. I'll actually throw it up here. Let me see. This is Talk 101. will be on YouTube. I already have it open on YouTube. I'll be putting some videos on today. And then this is Talk 101. It does have a website. So if you want to check check it out. It's called talk 101com so you can go ahead and check it out now. I'm still building the website. Um, I'm a computer software engineer, so I've been doing that for years. And if you can check out the other website, my home inspection services LLC, and uh, that one is a uh, home slash oh no, it's not slash. I think it's just dash. Yeah, so home dash inspect dash LLC.com and I'll go ahead and post both of those on the text right now. That way you can, uh, check it out. And before I go, okay, let me go do that right now. And then, uh, I'll go ahead and mute myself. All right, I posted both of those. Now, this is talk101.com. It's brand new. I'll be starting that on YouTube this week. And then we'll be going into uh, probably this, well, whatever your podcast. I'm going to be everywhere. I'm worldwide for this one, for the Home Specialty Network. So I'm hoping to be worldwide on the other one as well. So thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you need anything else, go ahead and email me. If you have any questions about um, what our services are, or what kind of things you want to learn about, or what kind of things you want me to talk about, um, you can email me at. Oh my gosh, this uh, program I have to. Enjoy the weather, happy holidays, it's coming on. All right, take care, everyone.